Can we say that we trust everything that God has told us to do? Will we walk the step when he asks us to walk the step? Will we trust that he's going to guide us through everything that we're going to go through? One day, while my son Zach and I were out in the country, climbing around in some cliffs, I heard a voice from above. Dad, catch me! I turned around to see Zach joyfully jumping off a rock straight at me. He had jumped and then yelled, Hey, Dad! I became an instant circus act, catching him. We both fell to the ground for a moment. After I caught him, I could hardly talk. When I found my voice again, I gasped in exasperation. Zach, can you give me one good reason why you would do that? He responded with remarkable calmness. Sure, because you're my dad. His whole assurance was based in the fact that his father was trustworthy. He could live life in the hilt because I could be trusted. Isn't this even more true for a Christian? Tim Hansel, 1987. When I was praying the other day, God wanted me to share something. He reminded me of a story that I've never heard of being associated or taught as being a lesson on faith. After Joseph had passed away and the current king of Egypt did not know who Joseph was, Exodus 1.8, the new king was alarmed by how much the Israelites had multiplied. Behold, the people of Israel were too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pitom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel, so they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick, in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shephra and the other Pa. When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birthstool, if it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. Exodus 1, 10 through 16. So let's talk about a mother. This Cree made a mother so desperate to save her baby boy, she broke down and built a basket that could float in water, slowly weaving together reeds and smothering the pitch to make sure there were no leaks. On her knees, with tears in her eyes, please, Lord, save my baby. I do not want him to die. Lord, I plead with you. He does not deserve to die. I release him into your hands. Protect him. Guide him. Give him the life that I cannot. As she clears the tears from her eyes, she swaddles her baby boy in his favorite blanket and places him in the handcrafted basket and places him in the river and walked away. She had her daughter, Miriam, watch him to make sure he was okay. She could not bear to watch what she had just done. As the baby's sister was watching, along came a group of girls. As they got closer, she could make out who they were. It was the Pharaoh's daughter, the same Pharaoh that demanded all the male children be executed. Could you imagine? I'm sure she was screaming in her head, Oh Lord, no, please do not let her find him. She will have him thrown in the river and drowned. Lord, please comfort him so that he does not cry. 
as the tears of anxiety and fear start to overwhelm his sister, he starts to cry and the Pharaoh's daughter commands one of her servants to go fetch the baby out of the water. She saw the basket among the reeds, sent her servant woman, and she took him. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Exodus 2, 5 through 6. His sister had to think fast. Seeing that the Pharaoh's daughter had pity on her brother, she nonchalantly walks up out of the woods and says, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. That was Exodus 2, 7 through 8. So his sister went and got their mother, Jochebed. We know his mother and daughter's name from the passage. And she bare on to Amram. Aaron and Moses and Miriam, their sister. Numbers 26.59. When returning their mother, Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me. I will give you your wages. Exodus 2.9. Today, we can only imagine the thankfulness, Jacobed. Oh Lord, thank you. You saved my child. And now I will get to know and be able to take care of my child. Because she trusted God would take care of everything. She raised the man who would free the Hebrew people from the slavery and oppression that they had been living under. This is just one more example that when you give it to God, nothing is too big for him to accomplish. Dear Heavenly Father, as I walk through this world, the way it is, I have to admit, it is so hard sometimes to sit back and let you take control. Lord, thank you for this reminder that you are in control even when it seems like there's no way out. Lord, I place my life in your hands. Guide me down the road you want me to go. Please forgive me when I see something that distracts me and I turn from the direction you have pointed me. Give me the cues I need to help me return to the path you intended me to travel. In Jesus' name, amen. As we leave, I would like to bring up two different points. Point number one. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's Romans 10.9. All you got to do is ask, believe exactly what happened, and the relationship that you can have with Jesus Christ starts. The second point, don't forget to subscribe and follow this, this podcast so that you can keep up with the newest content that's put out. Thank you. Have a nice day.